0: Hey ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden. Either way, I'm still your host and you're still listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky spooky scary stories. Y'all, it is like mid-November. How the hell did that happen? I'm like, uh, honestly, 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 honestly. One, I'm sad because Halloween is over. Two, I'm like, I'm getting whiplash from how fast the time is going. I can't believe like, it's literally today is November 13th. That makes zero sense to me, but go off time. Anyway, so... Hope y'all had a wonderful Halloween. Hope that you had a beautiful Dia de los Muertos. I had uh, great days and evenings for both of those holidays. And yeah, if y'all haven't seen my costume was so cute me and my boyfriend i think i told you all last time but if you want to see it again you can check out my instagram aiden is a bad kid i'm tagged somewhere on cisto so you can find me there and you can see the whole process of me making the the costume actually documented this year how i did it because i usually make my costumes so this year i decided to share that with everyone so again if you want you can search aiden cast on youtube and the whole process is up there i mean as always Make sure to follow the social medias for Susto at Susto Podcast on Instagram and Facebook if you want any and all updates on the show because we have some pretty cool stuff going on right now. And by we, I mean you and me. So, like I said last time, I was working on the stickers and I have them. The stickers are in and I'm so excited. They look so good. Good. So I think what I want to do is I want to do a giveaway for you all. So I will explain the rules on the Instagram and the Facebook. So make sure that you check those out, like the pages. That'll probably be part of the rules. But anyway, check that out on the Facebook or the Instagram, and I'll tell you all how you can win a free sticker. I'll, I'll give away three, and then after that, I'm going to sell them. I'm going to sell them for like $3, so if you want, you can have your own Susto sticker. You can put it on a, a hydro flask, a notebook, a, 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 a trapper keeper, wherever you want to put it. You, It's your sticker from that point on after you get it, so yeah, just make sure that you follow these socials so that you can keep up with that. Also, reminder, Susto is on Patreon. So you can go to patreon.com slash podcast so that you can help support the show with a monthly donation of your choosing. You can choose how much you want to give. So that can be $1, $3, $5, more than $5. That uh, would be so generous and I would love you for it. And you know what? I'll love you either way. So if you can... Uh, support the show in that way. I would love that. If not, keep supporting the way you're supporting by listening. So today's episode, I'm really excited for. I kind of wasn't sure what to do. I really wanted to do like a Dia de los Muertos episode. And I was originally going to do that as the final episode for October. But I really didn't want people to get confused and to think that Dia de los Muertos was like a Halloween thing because it's not they're two different things and I didn't want to put that idea in you all's head either so then I was like okay maybe I'll do it in November but then I thought okay by the time that the episode will come out in November it's going to be halfway through and Dia de los Muertos is November 2nd so I don't know it was just a lot of like the timing would have been weird and I mean I guess I could still have done it because it's like we can talk about it you know all year round but I don't know I decided against it but it, hey if that's something that you all want to hear me do regardless of when it comes out, let me know and I'll I'll go for it because I would love to talk about that. And it also wouldn't really be like a scary thing because it that holiday is not about like being scared of death, even though a lot of us are like, I'm I'm terrified of death. It's it's one of my biggest fears. I'm not afraid to admit it. I think maybe talking about it would certainly help me and maybe it'll help someone else. So you all just let me know what you want me to do with that. But I'm going to listen to some of you. And today's episode, as you saw, is going to be about sleep paralysis. And we've talked about sleep paralysis very briefly multiple times on the show and it's something that I said that I wanted to dive into it and to address and to talk about because it's it's freaky so that's what today's episode is going to be about more specifically it's going to be about a creature called la pisadera and so you all will hear all about her in the episode so yeah um Really quick, before I dive into that, as always, if you have your own scary, spooky, creepy, paranormal, supernatural experience that you want to share with me to be shared on the show, you already know how to do that. If you've been here, you know what the tea is. If you're new, listen up. You can do that by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and I will read that review if you leave your story in it on the show, or you can send an email to sustopodcast at gmail.com. You could even DM me on Instagram, or you can send it or post it on the Susto Podcast Facebook page so many ways to do it many ways to go about it just you know pick pick what's right for you and i'll meet you there i'll meet you halfway anyway let's get into the show in the cover of night in the sweet brazilian air Her red eyes linger on families that feel safe inside of their homes. This woman, she is not nice. Her intentions are not good. There is no love for mankind to be found in her dark soul. She creeps through the dark with her tall, skinny body and lurks along rooftops, watching families as they eat their dinner. Her figure is lost in the black of night, an innocuous shadow in expanses of intense dark. There is one thing on her mind, and it's that one thing that draws her forward. La pisadera. She watches. As children get put to bed, and as adults fall asleep too, she lingers until someone goes to bed with a full stomach. With the stealth of something supernatural, she will sneak into her victim's bedroom. Don't lay on your back if you go to sleep after eating a meal, or she might choose you. Protect yourself from la pisadera or it will be you that hears her raucous laughter in the dead of night as she sneaks into your bedroom. Then La Pisadera, she does more than watch. She will sit on her victim's chest and trap them between sleep and consciousness. While they are helpless and cannot move, she will watch as her victim panics. Those that try to call for help or fight are particularly panicked when they find out they can do neither. Their eyes may open, but they are paralyzed and only la pisadera can move. Her victim can feel the malevolent force in the room with them as they lay still, vulnerable and unable to move. The worst part, as some survivors might say, is the sound of her call when she's found her victim. It's loud, abrasive, and definitely laughter. The sound of it causes most to open their eyes, but they are still trapped with part of their mind in sleep mode. Their conscious mind might be awake, but their body is inaccessibly asleep. As La Pisadera watches, her victim has a chance to watch back. It's all they can do. They will witness the way her crooked nose pokes out of messy hair, thick and unbrushed, and as she snaps her sharp teeth and giggles at the presence of her victim's fear, it is clear that the inside of her mouth is a sickly green. Her laugh is shrill, and those who hear it know they have been targeted. It's a sound that any who have heard it will never forget. Something that's been burned into their memories forever, haunting them throughout their lives. Her every detail is messy. Her every detail is sharp. All behind those wide, red eyes that almost seem to glow on her face in the dark. Some see demons or lizard faces turn to greet them while they're sitting in the dark with someone they believe to be someone they know. One moment, it could be your mother sitting patiently at your bedside while you snooze, and the next, the demon could turn to look you in the eye with an expression on its face that could make even the bravest tremble in fear. The fear she causes in her victims nourishes la pisadera, feeding her and giving her power. The more afraid her victim is, the stronger she will be. You can't run, you can't scream. There is no escaping La Pisadeira once she has sat on your chest and chosen you as her victim. If her victim is lucky, La Pisadeira will end things by killing them on her first visit. Suffocation is her method of choice. It's a terrible thing to die of lack of oxygen, but it's not as bad as what she could do to someone if they didn't die and she kept tormenting them. She could drive them mad the torture they endured will only have to be endured again if the victim is set free, because La Pizadera doesn't give up on feasting until her victim is dead. The second night of fright will be more intense, giving La Pizadera a better meal. She likes when you're afraid. She feeds on that fear, La Pisadera, She watches, and she is not kind. Okay, so that was disgusting (laughs) that I, okay, it's, I, I think I've mentioned in the show before that I have had sleep paralysis and I used to have it pretty often. I don't have it as bad anymore. And doing like, the little, like, research into the context for this episode, it it made a lot of sense to me as to why I might not have it anymore, or as often anymore, because I still do, but not, again, as often as I used to. And I think this is also something that I talked about when Alejandro was on the show, which was a great episode, and you should go back and listen to that one as well. But I'm just going to open up what I found. So really quick, I wanted to do, like, a very straightforward, like, I guess a scientific approach to this for some people that might be like really, really terrified of this. Let's like just knock that out of the way and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. I guess, in like in a, from a, a spiritual angle. So, I'm just gonna read from this website. This is called the sleepfoundation.org. It's the National Sleep Foundation website, I'm guessing. And this is their page on sleep paralysis. It's called What You Should Know on Sleep Paralysis. So, it says, You may have had the experience of feeling like you can't move during a dream. But if this has happened, while you're in the process of falling asleep or waking up, this experience has a name, sleep paralysis. During sleep paralysis, your mind is conscious, but you are unable to move your body. You may also think you see or hear things that aren't really there, or experience the sensation of choking or someone sitting on your chest. It can be a frightening experience, but understanding what's behind it can make it feel less stressful. Learn what causes this REM phenomenon, and how you can lower the chances of it happening to you. Definitely, I've experienced exactly that, and... I will say like the sensation of like suffocation, it's not really one of the bigger things. Like I definitely feel like I have trouble breathing, but I can breathe for sure. So it's really scary to think that there's people that experience this that like feel like they cannot breathe at all. But let's go on. So what it feels like. As you fall asleep, your body slowly relaxes itself and becomes less responsive to physical signals from your brain. During sleep paralysis... Your body begins to go through the relaxation process, but your mind is awake enough to notice that is no longer controlling your ability to move or speak. So essentially, that's what it is from reading. This is it's just a disconnect between your brain and your body when you're either going to sleep or waking up. And so that's why your mind is like experiencing all these things, but you can't physically do anything. It continues. Sleep paralysis can also occur when you are in the process of waking up. In this case, your mind regains consciousness before your REM sleep cycle is finished. During REM sleep, or REM, your body is relaxed and your muscles are turned off, so that you don't physically act out your vivid dreams. Waking up before the last stage of REM sleep is complete can cause you to hyperventilate and hallucinate, as well as make it seem as though you are unable to move your body. Fortunately, sleep paralysis is temporary and typically lasts just a few seconds. Again, in my experiences with it, I've definitely felt like, I mean, it feels like an eternity. It feels like forever, right? Because you're panicking, you're freaking out. But in reality, it doesn't actually last that long. So keep that in mind. Who gets it? Sleep paralysis is most common in people with narcolepsy, but it can happen to those without it as well. It affects people regardless of gender and is more likely to happen to teenagers or young adults. (laughs) Maybe that's why, because I'm so young. It just keeps happening to me because I'm so youthful. Anyway, it is often genetic and it is most common in those with mental health issues such as anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, or panic disorder. Lack of sleeping or a shifting sleep schedule can also cause sleep paralysis. So this is the part that cleared it up for me because, like I mentioned in previous episodes, specifically the one with Alejandra, is that I, I mean, I, I, I definitely still struggle, but not as much as I used to because of a really turbulent, I'll say, and you know, just honestly, to be very honest, a a pretty abusive relationship that I had in the past. And, um, this made a lot of sense to me when I read it because around that time is when I was experiencing C paralysis a lot. And so it makes a lot of sense to me now because, um, for one, I'm not in that space anymore. Um, thank goodness. And because I'm not in that sort of situation or I'm not in that headspace, it, it doesn't happen to me as often, but you know, I still struggle with anxiety like many of us do. And I think it's, it's, um, you know, it's natural. It, th- these are, these are natural things is what I'm trying to say. You know, it, it's nothing to be like embarrassed or ashamed about It's And it can be, it can be hard to talk about. And I'm usually a pretty open person. Yeah. I, th- I think I just, I just feel like I, I'm in a better place in my life and with myself. And so I experience this thing, less often and so i think this is why you know taking care of yourself and seeking help is really important because it affects you in like all these random ways and all these ways that you wouldn't even think about like i i honestly like placed kind of place the connection but it, it it's it, i guess it just hit me harder when i saw it in writing from like what seems to be a reputable source of like you know these things can have really adverse effects on you and maybe no one knew that this could be happening to them because of their mental wellness. So um, yeah, just wanted to say that that's how like that, like really like it clicked for me when I was uh, reading this. So thanks for listening to that. (laughs) To continue, it says paralysis prevention. Although there is no formal treatment for sleep paralysis, you can take certain steps to help prevent it make sure you're getting enough sleep each night and stick to a consistent sleep routine. Avoid sleeping on your back, which has been linked to the condition. And it doesn't say why, but I've heard this before that like not sleeping on your back is better for sleep paralysis, but I've never heard why. (laughs) So then says, and talk with your doctor if you're experiencing any underlying mood issues that could contribute to your situation. Remember, although the experience can be scary, sleep paralysis is not dangerous and usually lasts only a few seconds. There's that very scientific way to look at that, I guess. And I wanted to share that with you all before I went a little bit more into kind of like the ooky spooky stuff. So... Okay, so then I also, of course, had to look at sleep paralysis on Wikipedia, and I, there was a really cool section here that I liked, and I wanted to read it to you all, and it's a section on Wikipedia called Cultural Significance and Priming. And again, I'm just going to read this. It says, although the core features of sleep paralysis, for example, atonia, a clear sensorium, and frequent hallucinations, appear to be universal, the ways in which they are experienced vary according to time, place, and culture. Over 100 terms have been identified for these experiences. Some scientists have proposed sleep paralysis as an explanation for reports of paranormal phenomena, such as ghosts, alien visits, demons, or demonic possession— alien abduction experiences, the night hag, and shadow people haunting. The night hag is a generic name for a fantastical creature from the folklore of various peoples which is used to explain the phenomenon of sleep paralysis. A common description is that a person feels a presence of a supernatural, malevolent being which immobilizes the person as if sitting on their chest. Various cultures have various names for this phenomenon and or supernatural character. For example, sleep paralysis is referred to as a attack in italy again night hag is a general i guess term and the character or or the the creature that we talked about for this episode la pisa i guess is brazil's interpretation of the night hag and this is something that experienced i mean it's it's a human phenomenon it's the paralysis it's a thing that happens to people so of course it's experienced all around the world so Different cultures are going to create their own meanings of what this is. So, to continue, it says Among Italians, the pandafek may refer to an evil witch, sometimes a ghost like spirit, or a terrifying cat like creature. Sleep paralysis among Cambodians is known as the ghost pushes you down. That's in quotes, so I'm sure there's like a word or a phrase for it, and entails the belief in dangerous visitations from deceased relatives. In Egypt, sleep paralysis is conceptualized as a terrifying jinn attack. The jinn may even kill its victims. Sleep paralysis is sometimes interpreted as space alien abduction in the United States. According to some scientists, culture... Really quick, a djinn is... um, It's like like an interpretation of what we would call a demon here. So just to clarify that. According to some scientists, culture may be a major factor in shaping sleep paralysis. When sleep paralysis is interpreted through a particular cultural filter, it may take on greater salience. For example, if sleep paralysis is feared in a certain culture... This fear could lead to conditioned fear and thus worsen the experience, in turn leading to higher rates. Consistent with this idea, high rates and long durations of immobility during sleep paralysis have been found in Egypt, where there are elaborate beliefs about sleep paralysis involving malevolent spirit-like creatures, the jinn. Research has found that sleep paralysis is associated with great fear and fear of impending death in 50% of sufferers in Egypt. A study comparing rates and characteristics of sleep paralysis in Egypt and Denmark found that the phenomenon is three times more common in Egypt versus Denmark. In Denmark, unlike Egypt, there are no elaborate supernatural beliefs about sleep paralysis and the experience is often interpreted as an odd physiological event with overall shortest sleep paralysis episodes and fewer people. fearing that they could die from it. This part really stood out to me and I actually took a note on it just to like work it out of my brain. So in regards to Egypt versus Denmark, sleep paralysis can be triggered by anxiety or other mental health issues as we read on the uh, Sleep Foundation website. Um, So sleep paralysis can be triggered by anxiety and Egypt experiences sleep paralysis more because sleep paralysis has a larger cultural significance or there's a more... I guess, spiritual explanation to it, which would be the gin, like a gin attack. And uh, people are more scared of it for that reason. And so because they're more scared, it gives them more anxiety. And because they get more anxiety about it, it makes it happen more often. Also in the story of La Pisadera, there's one part where it says that she feeds off of that fear. And so... To me, that just tells me that in, in any culture, this notion of the, the, the night hag feeding off of fear, it's just sleep. It's just the phenomenon of sleep paralysis personified, you know, put into a character that, oh, if you're if, if you if you're scared of her, you're just going to make her stronger. But it's it's actually if you have anxiety about sleep paralysis, because anxiety is one of the triggers of it, you're going to experience it more intensely or more often. Yeah, that was just an interesting, I guess full circle moment for me to explain it in like a scientific way. So sorry to burst your scary bubble if you were if you were enjoying that, but that could be it. So, yeah, I thought that was all really cool and I thought it was very interesting because like I said it's something that I've experienced before. It's something that I know that a lot of people have experienced. I think one of the scarier parts is like the hallucination. I, agree. I don't know i honestly don't know what's scarier about sleep paralysis because it's either like you're you're panicking because you can't physically respond to the hallucination that you're having or you're panicking because you're having a hallucination you know what i mean like which part is worse the hallucination or not because if i was just like awake and like i I couldn't move or I couldn't do anything physically. That might not be so bad if I wasn't like seeing or hearing things, you know what I mean? Versus like if I was seeing and hearing things and regardless if I could move or not, that'd still be really fucking scary <laughs> in the middle of the night. I remember one of the times, one of the more recent times that it happened to me, I was here in my apartment sleeping with my boyfriend next to me. And I woke up and I like, I woke up and I tried to move and I was like, shit, I'm having sleep paralysis. And so I was like, awake enough to realize what was happening. And then I was like, okay, no, is it because I know what's happening? I'm not going to like panic nothing scary is going to happen, but it still happened. (laughs) Like I could hear like a really like, Oh my God, I just freaked myself out. Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry. I just, Oh my God. I was literally about to say, because I could hear laughing. And what was the story that we just told that La Pisadera, you can hear her laugh. Ugh." I hate this. I literally just made the connection right now. You see what y'all do to me? Okay. But to be very fair and to like, I guess put myself at ease is the laughter that the piece of data is supposed to have is supposed to be like a really shrill sort of like raucous, loud, rambunctious laughter versus the laughter that I heard, which I don't know how much better it makes it, but at least I know it's not La Pisa Veda, <laughs> uh, which I have a whole profile on now. But the laughter that I heard was, it was very low. And it was, like, guttural and raspy. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't loud. It was quiet, too. Which freaked me out because it sounded like it was, like, next to me. And I was, like, what the fuck? And, like, I went through the whole process. I tried to move. I I tried to scream. I think that's the worst part is that you can't really call out. Because I, I can, like, hear myself in my head that I'm screaming, but I know nothing is coming out. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. Like I can almost like feel the like, mm, mm, you know, when your lips are like sealed tight, but, and it sucks because my boyfriend's right next to me and like literally cannot move. And it's like, he's right here. He's, he's right here. Like just wake up, dude. But I mean, he's fast asleep, He doesn't know what's happening. So, <sighs> so that is, Ooky spooky I hate sleep paralysis because it's one of the more real scary things to me like it happens so often but yeah I if you've ever had an experience of sleep paralysis especially one that really like messed you up and scared you please share it with me I would love to read it on the next episode. So yeah, before you go, I need you to hear this. I need you to listen to this one part really quick. So like I mentioned earlier, the stickers, I'm going to be doing a giveaway and then I will eventually be selling them. So just make sure that you check out the Susto Podcast Facebook and Instagram because I'm going to be posting a specific post to the stickers today as well with this episode. Um, The rules of the giveaway will be in there. And so if you want to win one of the three stickers that I'm going to be giving away, and you'll see the stickers in the post as well, obviously, then just follow those rules. And yeah, as always, uh, Susto Podcast is on Patreon. So if you want to support the show, you can do so by signing up to be a patron for whatever donation you want to make monthly, that can be $1, that can be $3, that can be $5, completely up to you. And you can also cancel the you can also cancel your membership at any time. I would, you know, it'd make me sad if you did that. But that's fine. I understand, you know, I have bills to pay too. So it's totally okay. If you can't, You know, keep supporting the show how you've been supporting it. I'm really grateful to you all. Yeah, if you have your own story that you want to share with me, you can do so um, by leaving, again, five-star review in Susto Podcast or emailing sustopodcast.gmail.com. Follow Susto Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I know you already know what it is. I know you know what time it is. And I'm sorry I keep saying these things to you over and over again. But this is for the people that maybe aren't you. You know what I mean? Or maybe you haven't done it yet. In which case, why haven't you done it? What, like, why are you so rude and so mean? But that's okay. I forgive you. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. It seems like it's going to be a really quick one. Make sure you stay warm. It's really cold right now. (laughs) And by really cold, I mean in the RGV, it is like, what, 40 degrees? Which is uh, freezing for us here. So if you're not from the RGV... It's usually very, very hot here. And I mean, of course, winter is approaching. And so the weather just changed, the temperature dropped, and I'm like, and, and I'm, and I don't know how to act because it's, it's cold, it's very cold to me outside. So if you're not from here and um, you're from a place where it gets really cold, please try not to laugh at us as we try and figure out 40 degrees. But anyway, I hope you enjoy the show. I will talk to you online. Get some sleep, okay? Bye.